Chapter 2 The Return While the companions rode across the dead plains toward the slumbering woods of Kila Darwin and the ashlands of Omnisar beyond, other important events were taking place elsewhere in the world. To the east of the Winter Realms and on the eastern coast of Ara, something very important was about to happen. Something that, if the companions had known about it, their hearts would have leapt for joy. But let me say no more. You may listen for yourself to the amazing occurrences that are about to take place. Aye, it'd be a wondrous day out here in the meadows. If I were to be staying here, I do not be thinking I'd ever know this world were in trouble. Indeed, my dear Strulik. But unfortunately, we cannot dismiss the reality of the situation. I know, Grimbrook. I were only musing. Is your brother up yet? Nah, he won't be waking up on his own. Where is he? I don't even see him in the cart. It would be serving him right if he fell out. There's not a care in the world. Perhaps if he could remember things a bit better. You can't be mixing remember and me brother in the same sentence. He has been senile in the mine since I was in Baby Bundles. At least he was together enough to take care of you. I... I... Well, I should be waking that old fool up now. We're almost at the fort. Yeah, yeah, take the reins. Oh, come on. All right, where are ye? Buried alive in the hay. Ah, oh, here you be. Daffwood. Daffwood! Wake up! Wake up! Hey! What? Come on, get up. We're almost at the ford. A ford? What? What? Ford! I don't even know about you, but I can't be a ford in London right now. All the darkest. Look, get up. We're almost at the ford. The river. The river? Oh, why didn't you be saying so? Well, um... Who... who be controlling the horses? I gave the reins to Grimble. What? What? Look here! It ain't raining! I give up. (laughs) Not only does he be having a bad memory, but his hearing be as good as that of a stone's. I would not be so sure, my friend. The stones hear much. Stones? Here? Next you'll be telling me that the wood under me bum speaks. And perhaps it did, once. <laughs> Codswallop. Speaking of stones, I'd be watching out for that boulder. What boulder? That one. Bosclum. Add hallucination to the list. No, no, he is right. Look, there is something in the middle of the road. But that is no boulder elderly man slowed the two horses to a stop, and he and his two dwarven companions leapt out of the cart. The wind whipped into their faces as they approached whatever lay in the road ahead. Grimble squinted as the long silver-white strands of his beard flew into his face. Luckily for the two dwarves, their red beards were weighed down by metal cuffs that hung tied into the hair, down to their bellies. As they approached, they suddenly stopped in surprise. For what lay before them upon the dirt floor of the road was indeed no boulder, but a living creature. What? What is it? It's an orc! 
kill it. Shh, shh. The elderly man knelt next to the strange figure and looked at him, or it, closely. Whatever it was, it was covered in what appeared to be ash and soot. If Grimble had known any better, he would have assumed it was some shadow creature that belonged to the Dark Lord. But there was something about it. Come, we must load it onto the cart and take it to the river. This creature must be cleansed of this filth. And what if... There is no time, Struling. Onto the cart with it, now! Struling did as the old man bade, and together the three lifted the heavy creature onto the back of the cart. Grimble took up the reins and gave them a tremendous heave, and the horses sped quickly, pulling the cart behind. Within a few moments, the cart had finally reached the great river, known as the Wide Ford in these lands. Grimble, Struleg, and Daffwood leapt out of the cart and hoisted the ash-covered creature out and over toward the river. Into the water they carried it and lowered it in so that it was completely immersed. But to their dismay, when they brought it up out of the water, the creature looked no different. The ash and soot had not been cleansed away. There is a deeper force at work here. This... This is not mere ash. Quickly! Back onto dry land! Once again, they pulled the creature back onto the sandy shore and laid it down. The two dwarves then backed away, leaving Grimble to stand over the creature. I don't know who or what you are, but I hope I am not about to release some fell creature from its dark hibernation. Grimble slowly spread his arms out to either side, and suddenly all the world grew quiet. The elderly man reached his hands forward so that they were directly above the creature. Ash, be gone, and darkness, depart! As Grimble uttered the command, a brilliant blue light descended from the palms of his hands and enshrouded the shadowy figure. Blue waves of light whipped around and around the seemingly lifeless body. Then the light completely encased the creature. And suddenly, the blue cage-like light shattered like glass. And as the brilliant blue shards flew into the air, they vanished. As they did this, the silence ended, and once again the howling of the wind was audible, as were the songs of the birds above. And lo and behold, there, lying upon the shore, a dwarf. By the long By the winters, one, it's a, a a dwarf. What what fell sorcery has befallen you? Is he? He is alive, barely, but he will pull through with the right medicines. We must get him to the delving downs at once. Once again, the three loaded the unconscious dwarf onto the cart, and once again, Brem took the reins and snapped them against the backs of the two horses. The horses rode forward, carrying the cart into the river and across to the other side, and then continued onward. Little did these three companions know just how important this wounded dwarf was. They would soon find out, though, 
but I am sure that I do not need to inform you of his name and his importance. For why tell you when you already know the answer? Rest easy. You are safe. I... I... The chasm. Chasm? You are in the city Delving Downs, my friend. In the Tipping Stool Tavern. Imagine what has happened to you, my friend. You are in such a terrible shock. The, the chasm of shadows. What of it? There. I was there. What? What do you mean? I was in the chasm of shadows. But how? It is obvious there is much you have to tell. Perhaps you should have some food. Food? Food? Strulling! Yeah! Bring some food for the dwarf! Aye. Dorn. M my name's Dorn. A pleasure to meet you, Master Dorn. I am Grimble. And this is Strulig, one of my two companions who were with me when we found you. Strulig? This is Dorn. What? What is it? Dorn. Don't you know who this is? You know him. You. You be Dorn Hammerhelm. Hammerhelm. Why does that name sound familiar? Dorn Hammerhelm. Son of Dan Dorn Hammerhelm. King of Clan Stonecleaver. Of course! By the Silver Halls. Dorn Hammerhelm, the greatest shard in blacksmith. In <laughs> my tavern! I wouldn't be flashing that name around too much, friend. Why is that? Be we so far from Holmrengard that news has not come to you? 
Oh, what? You mean your father's death and your banishment? He... yes. Bah, I wouldn't be believing a word of that nonsense. You kill your own father? Preposterous. I could never believe that. Many tales have come here of you and your valiancy. From the Battle of the White Bridge to your adventures with that rogue orc. Even to this day we tell them around the tavern fire. Even songs have been written. Well, my good dwarf, it seems you are quite a legendary warrior here. And how could I be missing such a wonderful place as this? Had I been known, I would have moved here hours ago. Well, it's never too late, my friend. If anything you'd ever be wanting, just call on me. Well, I'm sure he wouldn't mind terribly if you went to fetch a new tray of food. Oh, oh, oh yes. Right away, right away. Door and hammer helm in my tavern. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Grimbel, what be today's date? Ah, oh, November the 29th. 29th? Oh no. I have to be leaving. And as soon as possible. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You're not going anywhere until you've eaten but, something. But me friends, the Shadow Riders, there'd be no time. Hmm. It seems there is a great deal more to you than I had anticipated. Please, I must go to them. I must help them. And so you shall. But you must eat first. If you venture out now, you will surely fall unconscious again. And what help will that be to these friends of yours? Dawn reluctantly sighed in defeat. Moments later, Strulig brought a plate of fresh food, two juicy drumsticks, a large plop of smashed potatoes, and a tall mug of Horridian beer. Dawn ate and drank, and as he did so, he related to the elderly man and the other dwarf the story of the journey and the quest that he and the other companions of his had undertaken. He told them of the Black Sword and of how it was discovered by the Dark Lord. He told them of the Tirithgar captain, of the Silveran sorceress, of the last Temberuan ranger, and of the Leafling. And finally, he told them of the dark tale of his battle with the Doomwraiths and how he sank below the sands along with them and into the chasm of the shadows where the battle continued. He told them of how his great hammer was relentless and swung until the very last wraith had been completely felled. Then he spoke of a more interesting part of the story, of how he lost consciousness when the last wraith had been destroyed, of the brilliant light that he could see through his closed eyelids, and a wondrous warmth that cloaked him as this strange light wrapped around him. And then he told them of the voices he heard. One, he knew, was unmistakably Malgroth's, but the other was feminine in its tone, and more beauteous than any voice in Aetheril. The two voices had seemed to be quarreling, and then suddenly there had been a clap of thunder. And then he was here, in this bed, in this tavern, quiet and comfortable and safe. And that's how my story goes, up to now, that is. A fascinating account indeed. Remarkable. So now you'll be understanding me urgency. Indeed. I sincerely apologize, my friend. Then I shall be leaving at once. But wait. What? I... I cannot let you go. What? Alone. Y you mean... 
But I, I don't think... What would an adventurous legend like this be without an old wizard? And why should this legend be having only one dwarf? But I... Master Dawn, I have never felt so compelled to do something as I do now. Nor I. But what about the tavern, Struleg? Bah! What is a tavern in comparison to a great adventure? A friend broken can take over. <laughs> I don't suppose I'd be having any choice, my friends. Your company would be making me very happy indeed, I must say. Very good. Then we shall pack at once and set out for the borders of the Kildawan Woods. Wh why that precise location? Well, because if, as you say, you were in the sands of Yildgirin a week ago, then if my calculations are correct, they would be arriving at the slumbering woods within a day or two. And it would take us that long to get there. Very well. Well, it seems this story has been temporarily split into two halves. Let us make sure that it rebinds itself. And won't you be thinning? You'll be getting away without me. Oh, bullocks. I swear that your hearing becomes suddenly extraordinary when it is least wanted to be. Hey! I said... Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just going to leave like that, eh? The new voice was feminine and came from the open doorway behind Daffwood. Suddenly, a fuming female dwarf marched in, pushing the elder dwarf aside to face her. You be thinking you're just going to leave me behind with the duties and chores of the bar right in me lap? Who be that wretched woman? Daffwood's loving wife, Grindella. Oh. Well, I... Yes! After all I be doing for you, this is what you give me in return. All right, all right. Will you shut up? Go back to the house and pack your things. I'll be doing just that. And with that, the angry dwarven female marched back out and down the stairs. Daffwood turned around and rolled his eyes at the others. Boy, if I can't be keeping you straight, that mad wife of yours will. <laughs> <laughs> Come, let us make some speed so that we may leave as quickly as we can. Before they left, the three dwarves ran to a nearby blacksmith like giddy boys run to a toy shop, and inside they looked at the assortment of weapons and armor out on display. Excitedly, the three purchased three weapons. Struleg, a double-bladed great axe. Daffwood, a great war mace. And Dawn, the finest war hammer he could find. Well, you've been no Dulequai. But you will do. What you gonna use? I shall call mine Struvel. Struvel? Struvel! A forging of two names. Names of two of the greatest friends in the Etherwell. Bah! Codswallop! Oh yeah? And what, might I be asking, are you calling yours? Wartbottle! The mighty pumpkin smasher! Not again. Every weapon he has ever had is named Wartbottle. The mighty pumpkin smasher. What for her? No idea. It's not right upstairs. If you be taking my meaning. What? What? I, uh, be saying that she used to, uh, live upstairs, yes. 
What does that have to do with anything? Um, uh, pay you no mind. Come, my friends. We must be off. And what'll ye be calling yours, Dorn? If you don't mind me asking. I shall be calling him... Killeth Fearon, I think. Ah, the Sleeping Fire. An excellent name. When you have finished gaping over your new toys, we will depart. What about Darford's wife? <laughs> I told her to meet us at midnight tonight. Boy, you're gonna be in for a real pummeling when we return. In fact, I shouldn't be returning if I were you. Well, if I'd be dying in the adventure, it'll be all the better. Come, let us make haste. Strewleg and Daffwood climbed atop the first horse, Brimble atop the second, and Dawn atop the third. And with a gentle kick on the horse's sides, they pranced out through the open gates of the city of Delving Downs and into the world beyond. Thank you.